and welcome everyone to Films with the Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight are Jess. Hey guys. And my girlfriend, Nicole. Hello, everybody. And tonight we will be reviewing Us, the new horror thriller comedy, kind of, uh, by Jordan Peele. Uh, I think many people will know him from the show Key and Peele on Comedy Central. Uh, he was originally on Mad TV. That's what I know him from. I guess that's kind of where he got to start in the early 2000s. Um, but this is his second directorial film. He did uh, the 2017 film Get Out, uh, which he actually won an Academy Award for uh, screenplay. Um, but yeah, he's the writer, director, and producer of this movie. Um, have you guys, either of you, seen uh, Get Out, or do you know Jordan Peele from anything else? No, I actually well, I haven't seen oh, Get Out. I was going to say, in true Nicole fashion, I have not seen Get Out either. Um, <laughs> I've heard the hype about it. One of these days, I will not be the only person to have seen the prior works of the person what we do. What kind of podcast is this? Where nobody knows <laughs> well, you know, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a more outsider perspective. I'm the only one who has you know a more extensive background this is a this is an it's a new take it's a fresh take i like to think of it as ignorance is bliss yes that's a very <laughs> good way to put it i'm not holding this movie up against his his past movie this is um <laughs> let you i can i can just say this seems like a standalone so i feel pretty good about this one but I know Jordan Peele from East West Bowl from King of Peele. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a fantastic little skit they have there where they do the talking heads <laughs> of collegiate football players. And they, him and uh, and uh, Keegan-Michael Key, they all have... You love that one. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's probably their best skit. I mean, I'm sure there's uh, people know A.A. Ron. People love that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But... <laughs> oh, I know A.A. Ron. Yeah, that's that's from Key and Peele. So that's Keegan Michael Key, his longtime uh, collaborator for mostly comedic stuff. But no, uh, he's branched out in his own and to become kind of a horror maestro, a new age horror guy. And um, he uh, actually will be hosting the revival of the Twilight Zone, which is an old TV show that I love. Um, I'm assuming I think you, that this movie gives you that's, that's yeah, the one. This movie definitely <laughs> gives you a good idea of what to be expecting for that. That you should get a good hype for the from that. Yeah, knowing um, I, this definitely feels like a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror episode. If anyone's ever seen that, it's kind of a modern day Twilight Zone. It's an anthology uh, series that is all like horror, but having to do with modern technology. Uh, that's on Netflix for anyone who's interested in that. But this, this, and uh, also Get Out to me feel very like long Twilight Zone or long Black Mirror episodes. They have that feel to them, where it has like a kind of an interesting plot that has a lot of twists to it that are uh, you know relevant as far as their commentary on the today's society. So absolutely, definitely modern. So. So and spooky. Oh yeah, it's uh and, and funny. I like that he he balances the humor with the with the horror, and it it it's just good storytelling. It's not like cheap pop out scares like some of the other movies review that I don't love, and uh, but it's not um it's not overly comedic in the, to the point where it distracts. It's a it's a good balance, and I think it's a he's a good storyteller. Yeah, he's got a good future ahead of him if he continues on his um personal take of how he's portraying movies for sure critically this is already doing well and it's already made back its box office or it's a budget tenfold or not tenfold for like fivefold um it'll be a big success and i'm sure he'll get green light uh green light for a th- another movie 
Um, but before we go into spoilers, because this is a very, very, like, there's a lot of stuff in here. And if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend seeing it while it's in theaters. Um, there's just a lot of stuff in here that if you listen to this first, you don't want to go and spoil. There's just, there's just too much to talk about. So uh, I'll read the synopsis and then we'll go into our, uh, our ratings. Uh, so this story is, uh, well, here, I'll just read this off here. In order to get away from their busy lives, the Wilson family takes a vacation to Santa Cruz, California, with the plan of spending time with their friends, the Tyler family. On a day at the beach, their young son, Jason, almost wanders off, causing his mother, Adelaide, and that's played by, uh, um, Lupita Nyong'o. She's, uh, yeah, she's the protagonist, uh, causing her mother, Adelaide, to become protective of her family. And uh, that night, four mysterious people break into Adelaide's childhood home where they're staying. The family is shocked to find out that the intruders look and talk like them, only with grotesque appearances. And I think that synopsis is like 80% correct. Um, that's, that's fine. That gives you a, a wandering more type of feeling. Yeah, so uh, we're about to go into our ratings here and spoilers. So it, once, yeah, last warning, if you haven't seen it, please, please go ahead and check it out. Um, so we we rate things here on uh, four different criteria. The plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the film. So uh, I'll start with Nicole tonight. Nicole, what did you think of the overall plot of this movie? Okay, um, I gave this plot a four. This was, this movie was really good. I really liked this movie a lot. Um, took a really unique twist on the idea of a clone or alternate universe, if you want to say that, um, which you dive into later in the storyline. Um, I totally got a Stranger Things vibe from this, which plays back into the Black Mirror for me. It's that type of um, upside down underground world that mimics real life. So it was so cool. Um, you could certainly tell there was something off with that family, <laughs> with the scene that you first are introduced to the family. Um, they're standing in the driveway all creepy and fucking weird. <laughs> but um, I really like that. It just really set the tone for how this movie was going to go. Um, and I really liked Lupita Nyong'o the best in this movie. She did a great job um, as the main character. Uh, she, When she finally starts to realize what's happening in her world, like, it's just it's really good. I really like that. Yeah, and uh, I think we'll yeah we'll definitely talk about Lupita Nyong'o's dual role in this movie a little bit later. And I think she yeah she's she's a very strong part of this movie. Uh, Jess, what did you think of the plot though overall? No, I thought it was great. I agree with Nicole. I gave it a four as well. Um, so I love scary movies in general, and this isn't your typical scary movie because it is a little bit funny, but not funny enough where it's you wouldn't never say it was a comedy completely. But it like we said before, it was a good balance. Um, and what I liked about it is it wasn't predictable like most scary movies are, and you don't hate the characters. Yeah, we'll we'll debate that, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't think they're dumb, and you don't think like their actions are really like uh, predictable. Um, you actually admire them, and I thought like, wow, I would actually do that if I was in her situation, or I wouldn't be <laughs> as brave to do that. But that's a good idea. <laughs> so it has a different feel to a scary movie than most scary movies usually have. Yeah, it's definitely not like a dumb like, oh, don't go in there, don't do that kind of thing. I think, you know, a good percentage of their 
actions make sense and by the end of it and the ones that don't i think by the end most of them are resolved with the twist on twist ending um so i'm gonna agree with you guys i think we're all across the board we're all giving this a four um it's a really good premise and it's executed really well there's some problems i have later with some of the overarching ways it's all done um, but that's more of like a nitpicky kind of thing as far as like, you know, overall plot structure, as far as the way the plot's told, like, you know, we follow this family going on vacation and, uh, that, that really, that part of it all works really well. And the doppelgangers, I think are really well portrayed by, you know, by the same actors. I think that's a really important thing is that these same, it's, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke is the dad, um, not in a whole lot yet. People might know him from Black Panther. Uh, he was Mbaku. He was the uh, leader of like the opposition tribe in Wakanda. Uh, but other than that, he hasn't been a whole lot yet. Uh, and then the kids oh, so are him relative- and uh, Lupita worked together before. Yeah, I guess they did. I mean, I don't think they were in too many scenes together. But yeah, they were. Um, you know, they're contemporaries. They've they've both been in a film together. And uh, the kids, I think, are relative unknowns. Uh, Shadia. Bright Joseph and Evan Alex are the daughter and son, respectively. Um, Zoe, or Zoe, Zora and Jason. Um, and I think the four of them portray their doppelgangers just as well. Um, and I guess before I want to tell you more about the plot, since we've already talked about the characters a little bit, I kind of want to just get that, get that out of the way. Uh, Jess, what did you think of the characters in this movie? So I gave the characters a four or five. I really like the characters. Um, I probably would say I've loved Lupita from the beginning. So I saw Fifty Years of Sh- Fifty Years a Slave, and that's when I first uh, fell in love with her. Twelve, 12 but- Years a Slave. Why did I say fifty? Okay, <laughs> that's a, that's that a is, lot. That of is years. a long she's time. Not, to she's be not a like slave. an eighty-year-old woman at the end of the movie. But, <laughs> All right, you know, I, oh my God. twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> I saw that, and that's five hundred Years a Slave. <laughs> <laughs> Forever a slave. <laughs> Um, no, but I actually think Gabe was my favorite character. He was your typical corny dad over the corny dad jokes, but you still had to love him and he was so confident. Um, and then again, it's everyone and then everyone's shadow. So it's kind of everyone twice. Um, Lupita's shadow probably was the most prominent one and the most mind boggling. And, uh, yeah, so I love the characters. Um, the only characters you don't like are their the friends and that's just because you're made not to like them they're just like the annoying friends that you uh vacation friends that you have but it's not like they played them wrong they're just yeah they're just characters that you don't really appeal to yeah they're characters you don't like and uh for those who don't know that they have a friend family played by the parents are played by elizabeth moss who people will know um she's peggy from uh, mad men and she's also the lead in uh uh what's that what's the handmaid's tale handmaid's tale yeah so those are her she's a those are her big uh like series roles um she's been in some other movies too but i think that's what most people will know her from and her husband's playing uh by tim heidecker who is one half of the tim and eric uh comedy team they have a kind of an absurdist uh, comedy show um it's not my taste but it's it's uh it's interesting um they're very uh over the top and abstract and also gross out they're they're an interesting uh, duo um and then they have twin daughters um who i i don't know these actresses at all um but they play russell and rain um and yeah that's like Shut up that's that's the <laughs> Those name. Are perfect names for the characters that they play yeah r-a-y-n-e of course 
Um, but uh, before we, t- those are your eight principles. You don't see the other family as much, but uh, yeah, Nicole, what did you think of the characters in this movie? Uh, I also gave this a four for characters. Um, I actually disagree with Jess on the dad. I don't like goofy, humorous dads. I think that's so overdone, overplayed. (laughs) I just can't stand when they're stupid and like, oh, uh, do like a doofy thing. That's not my thing. But he he did it well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock his performance. It's just that that personality it doesn't appeal to my taste. But I totally agree. Lupita stole the show um, for both of her characters. I haven't seen her portray uh, characters like this. Uh, she was really intense, really good at what she was doing. I felt her emotion. She was freaky. Uh, in the best way possible. Um, I loved the family friends that they had. <laughs> I hate they're them. They're so pretentious. And Elizabeth Moss played this like bougie wife, <laughs> trophy wife so well. I, For a split second, I couldn't remember who she was because that's not the, the person I see her as. She did a great job of her role. Um, but when the four main... Um, characters are playing their clone selves or whatever uh they're so good they're so creepy it really brought that movie together i i really like the characters as well yeah i i mean i agree with you guys it sounds like we're all liking this everything so far here i'm also giving it a four um i i'm siding with jess in that i like gabe i like winston duke's character a lot uh, I like the goofy dad. I I uh, definitely audibly laughed at several of his jokes. Uh, some of the good ones are given away in the in the really really good trailer for this movie, um, which spoils some things. But for the most part, it's it's, it's just a really good trailer. Um, Lupita Nyong'o absolutely steals the show. She it, her and her double characters. I mean, those two characters, I guess, are the most interesting, well-developed, three-dimensional characters in the movie. Um, I also really like Elizabeth Moss's dry, uncaring, disen- like disenchanted. <laughs> oh, she's a bitch. Yeah, she's, she's she, so like I guess your three your three principal like big name actors are all hitting at home here. The kids are good. Um, I think the sons are more well-developed. I don't like the kids. I think the sons are like more well-developed character than the daughter. The son has some interesting moments, which we'll get to later. Um, the daughter, less so, but she does fine. Um, and the rest of Elizabeth Moss's family, Tim Heidecker and the two the two uh, twins, I mean, they're just kind of stock oh, characters. Yeah, airheads. They're just, yeah, they're just there to be annoying and irritating, um, which, um, I mean, I guess they do correctly, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, not a whole lot, not a whole lot of development there. Um, but before we rate anything else, I'll start to go through some of the the points of this movie. We we start out not in modern day, which is when this movie takes place, but in 1986. Um, and you get like a close up on this television where a Hands Across America commercial is playing. I don't know if anyone remembers that. I don't because I was not alive. Um, but it was <laughs> a campaign to help uh, starving children. Um, and the idea was everyone would hold hands across America, as it sounds, and uh, donate X amount of dollars to a charity to f- help the starving uh, people. So um, we start with that commercial. We cut to uh, Adel- uh, Adelaide's uh, family. She's a young girl, um, probably like eight, something like that, uh, with her parents at a festival, like a peer festival. Also at the uh, same place that the family will go to later in Santa Cruz. Um, She gets separated from them. She runs into like a homeless guy who has a part later in the movie who's got this 1111 
sign that he wears around his neck, kind of like a John three sixteen kind of thing. But it's eleven eleven. Did you look up what that? Did you look up what that meant? Because I, I meant to, and I didn't. <laughs> I did not. I am not sure what that meant. I have uh, there's some theories that I can get to towards the end, but I, I don't know what the significance is off the off the offhand. Uh, but the the little girl character who later becomes Lupita Nyong'o, she gets lost in this house of mirrors. Um, we see that she's run into a doppelganger of her age because it's this really good scene where she's like looking in the mirror, but the mirror is not looking at her. It's the back of her head. And it, I thought, it, and I think they showed this in the trailer. So I thought it was going to be some scary jump thing and they don't, they cut away and we cut to modern day. And this is where we're introduced to uh, their whole family. Um, and yeah, what's to do? Goofy dad, Lupita Nyong'o kind of annoyed wife, apprehensive about going to this place because of her past there. Um, and then the two kids kind of, you know, disinterested, whatever. Um, I guess some character points, uh, the daughter is always listening to her music and she's on her phone all the time. And the kid is always playing with this lighter, which he wants to do like this magic trick. He's never able to do. Um, he's always flicking this lighter. He's like, Oh, I have a magic trick. I did it last summer, but it doesn't really work now for, for whatever, whatever reason. The, um, the sister is like oddly encouraging of him like my younger sister i i would just be like stop with that shit like you're annoying <laughs> me but she was like you go boy like good for her is that what she, how you felt i felt like she was egging him on like knowing that it wouldn't work because uh, I, and we kind of get the scene later where um he jumps out of a cabinet and scares her as like you know kind of like that classic oh you think it's a horror movie scary but it's just the the stupid characters running around and then he runs into this closet that gets locked from the outside the sun does it gets locked in this closet but he wedges a little like like little race car kind of thing in the door um and she kicks it away and uh yeah there's definitely it's the that kind of like her, but i think mm-hmm. she was just happy that he was had his own toy and not bothering her yeah that's true <laughs> I think that I think that's definitely part of it. Um, it's it's good sibling banter, and I think all the characters at this point are the, our four principals are well fleshed out. They meet uh, Elizabeth Moss's you know horribly pretentious family, uh, and they the son on once they're on the beach, they're all hanging out. The son wanders away and sees. I went to the bathroom for this part, but uh, Jess, you told me about it. She sees the homeless guy. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he's aged like. Than the amount of time that this has progressed to modern day. So he's like an old dude now. And um, they show him holding the sign. And I think it's his right hand. His fingers are cut off like a little bit. And he's bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though when they drove into town, we saw that that same homeless guy that she had seen years prior was in a in a um, ambulance getting taken away presumably dead he looked dead it looked that yeah she knew exactly who he was obviously the family didn't but then just for the the kid to see him like it was only hours later and the kid sees him standing there so yeah and then jason actually draws a picture of it and then that's when uh lupita definitely links the two together so yeah the picture let me ask you guys this Uh, at this point in the movie do you have any idea what's coming at all do you have do you is the doppelganger thing i think because the first i guess technical doppelganger we see other than the flashback with the little girl is the homeless guy and uh, what did you guys think about like this as far as you know the foreshadowing for the rest of the movie um i'm kind of left in the dark still of the grand scheme of things but 
She obviously knows something freaky's going on, but she doesn't want to scare her family, so I can see why she hasn't said anything. Her husband doesn't even know that she was lost as a child. Like, she has to bring that up while they're on this vacation, that she got lost on that beach. That's why she's been so apprehensive about going. So I didn't see the big twist um, that we'll discuss, but she obviously knows something's going on. Yeah, at this point, I thought the movie was about mirrors. Um, or something scary about mirrors. So when the guy showed up again right before she went into the mirror room, I was like, okay, so they're going to see each other's reflections or some crazy house or I don't know. At that point, I thought mirrors was a huge thing, which I guess it kind Mm -hmm. of is because it's a dark reflection of yourself. But I didn't think it was her whole doppelhanger. I thought it was just... Actually, I, I didn't know too much. I don't really. Th- I think that's was- a good. No, that's a, that's a good <laughs> idea. I didn't even think of that myself. That's that. You can get that from that for sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, right here, right at like this point here. Well, I guess not quite. Let me. I'll tell you the point where I stake my claim at what I think the twist is gonna be. So we we see the four figures in the dark the same night when they come back from the beach, the family comes back to the beach, they go home and there's these four figures outside. Uh, Winston Duke's Gabe character does a bunch of shenanigans where he's like, I got a bet. You guys better get out of here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big tough guy. Watch out. Even though we know he's an idiot dork uh, who who bought a, who bought a crappy boat. That's motor only works half the time to impress his family, uh, which comes into play. Um, But uh, the fam, like the family and the, the shadow family, uh, like it looks like the mom is clearly in control, Lupita Nyong'o's shadow, and she like disperses them, and they all run in the bushes, and they kind of slowly make their way through the house. Uh, Winston Duke's double, uh, whose name is Abraham, uh, breaks his leg with a bat, like or his ankle, like basically makes it so he has to limp the rest of the movie, so he's kind of incapacitated. Um, and then uh, the children's duos break in, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o's duo, whose name is Red. Uh, also comes in kind of behind as clear, clearly the leader at this point and orders Lupita Nyong'o to main character Adelaide to be handcuffed to the table in their den. And that all eight of them are sitting around now kind of looking at each other and it's intense and like weird and you don't really know what's going on here. Um, and then Lupita Nyong'o's shadow character Red, she speaks, which no none of them have done yet. And she's got this, I'm going to say it, it freaked me out. It's a terrifying, raspy like monster creepy voice. I I, I mean it's, it sounds like she hasn't drank water in like a year. <laughs> which is possible. Yeah. What, what we learn later, it's possible that that's the case, but um <laughs> it I mean after so much, I mean at the I'm going to say this first half hour feels a lot of comedy especially because of Winston Duke's Gabe character. There's a lot of comedy. Elizabeth Moss is funny early on. And I think that if if it wasn't done so well, this could come off as cheesy and dumb, but for me, it doesn't. For me, it's it's effective. For me, she is men- like the Peter Nyong'o shadow character is menacing. It's totally spooky. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And, her- yeah. and we weren't this- expecting them to talk either. I thought they were going to be silent the whole time. Actually, she's the only one that talks. And that the is grunt. Yeah, that right there is what tips me off to what I think. And I think I was t- Jess. I think I was nudging you early on. I was like, I I know the twist. Like right here, I was like, I know what what's going to be the last thing coming, and uh, we'll get to that at the end. But basically, um, Lupita Nyong'o's character is like uh, shadow character is directing all of her all of her shadow people to take all of their 
doppelgangers or like they're they're regular people and do you know just have like one-on-ones with them the kid the two little boys go in the closet that he gets locked in to play with their lighters um the little shadow girl is like a sociopath and like chases after the regular girl and just like fucking like stalks her with his wide bug eyes that are terrifying um winston duke's shadow character is like dragging him around to the boat He's like a caveman. <laughs> he's a caveman. He's just he's grunting and he's just dragging and he's got the bat and so I um, thought it was Malcolm Jamal Warner from the Cosby show because he's <laughs> in a show right now. He looks exactly like that. I thought it was him. <laughs> he does look kind of like the guy from what is that show, The Resident? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of similar to him. So are all of our protagonists split off with their shadow characters? Um, it results in Gabe actually being the first one to somehow kill one. I don't know how he did, but he was the one. He kills his shadow uh, character, Abraham, uh, getting in a fight with him on their crappy boat in the lake. <laughs> um, he pushes him into, like, the jet, or the not the jet, the, the, the propeller or whatever, um, and that chops him up. So you got one, one shadow guy down, three family members to go. The other two have, like, kind of meaningless chases. Um the end is I know the... we're not. I'm sorry. I know we're not getting into like theories yet, but you have to think about after you watch these couple scenes of the um, different characters trying to attack the other characters. The dad's character, the shadow, was the only one going hard, like to try to kill him. Did you notice that? Like the the son and the daughter, like they were being followed or being harassed but they weren't trying to kill him like the dad's was i would definitely say the son's shadow character is not fighting him the daughter one i think she might she's just be spooking like, her yeah mind. but i think she if she had caught up to her she would have killed her i think i think that's just her style the son i would 100 percent agree with you because the son and the other and the shadow son who we haven't mentioned has he wears this creepy white like slipknot mask the whole time <laughs> and he's got this completely burned mouth and it's really freaky and i have a theory about that later but like it's at you know body deformity stuff freaks me out and that that really <laughs> that that was effective for me um but yeah that's definitely a good point to remember is that winston duke's uh shadow character is definitely the most aggressive um but we get to the point where they all get into the little crappy boat that that uh, Gabe had bought, and they get away for a while, and they're heading across the pond, and we don't know where until we cut to Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker's camping, or camping cabin, um, and they're being bitchy and annoying with each other, and uh, then all, and I did not see this coming at all. I had no idea this was going to happen, um, but they have doppelgangers too. And they show up immediately. Yeah. Yes. And kill the fuck point, out of thought... all of them. <laughs> they kill all of them. They kill they kill both the parents and they kill both the twins Instant. immediately. Instantly. <laughs> I thought Lupita's family were the only family with the shadows, but then you realize that everyone has a shadow. Right. This is where I'm like, oh, they have there's I like the whole time I thought it was just gonna be this family's shadows because of Lupita's run in with the shadow person when she was a kid. So I was like, okay, her family has shadows, but no, you learn right here that it's not just them. It's, it's a lot of people and it's an effective scene. I like, I like they, and what's, you know, another thing to think about here is these shadow people kill their doppelgangers instantly. Like, and they all care. They all wear these red jumpsuits and they wield these gold creepy scissors and that's like their weapon. 
and yeah, it's it's effective. Hmm. Right? I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. I mean, we might we'll get to that probably a little bit further. I know we're dancing around it for people who have seen it, but we just want to you know we're playing out the the experience uh, as it goes through. Um, we get to so they show up to the house. Um, you know, not too much detail. We don't have to go into it. There's a scuffle, obviously. Um, somehow none of Lupita Nyong'o's family dies. They all are able to take out the doppelgangers. The sister, uh, takes out the twins, mostly. And they're all very easily maneuvering around this house after the one's been smacked with a baseball bat, one's been handcuffed and, like, trampled <laughs> on. The kid, the, the door's I been know. running for three hours. Like, this, this, this is a family. Yeah. It's a resilient family. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> but they, um, they, 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 so the, the basically the Lupita Youngest family kills the doppelganger family, but they also see that the original family is there dead. So they, they realize that this is the doppelganger family and like, you know, something's going on beyond just their family. We get a weird news cut while they're kind of recovering and recuperating at the house um, that, this has been happening all over, like, the area, all over Santa Cruz, and uh, morning comes, and the no, whole... No, f- I know you missed this part. In the okay. news footage, in the news footage, they show the carnage that's happening, and in the background, there's people in red jumpsuits holding hands across the screen. Uh, okay, so right here we already get an uh, indication that there's some sort of... You feel like it's cult-like. Yeah, If you right. aren't paying attention. If you're not paying attention, you definitely feel it's just maybe a cult or something like that. In my mind, I was like, this is the purge. <laughs> this movie is basically the purge. <laughs> this is the purge. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, that's a good... Th- I mean, that's an important point to, to stick out there, definitely, because when they... Um, when they do, when morning breaks and the, their family gets to the town, uh, oh no, I'm skipping one part because they killed uh, they killed the little girl doppelganger who had followed them to the house, and um, she uh, the 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 daughter gets behind the wheel of the car of the car because Lupita Nyong'o's handcuffed. This is important. This is important. Lupita Nyong'o's. Uh, why don't you tell uh, uh, Nicole? I think you could tell it a little bit better. Okay, so they're trying to escape from this property where they just saw their friends dead and they just killed all the doppelgangers. And they see the the, the Lupita's daughter's doppelganger standing in the street. So they're like, oh shit, we got to do something. So they run, the dad's like reverse and the little girl's <laughs> driving. She's like, oh hell no. She floors it into the little girl. So she's like holding on to the car for dear life and somehow she flings her off after breaking and and all that stuff so the the doppelganger goes flying into the trees and they all want to they all just want to book it but lupita's like no i'm gonna get out so she gets out and she walks into the trees where the doppelganger is hanging and it's a very peaceful moment very awkwardly creepily peaceful and the the doppelganger is just lightly laughing and giggling as she's dying and this is the perfect opportunity for Lupita to just stab her and go but she just stares at her and she just walks away there's no damage done even though this little doppelganger has been like threatening to kill her daughter all night she just leaves it so that's it's really 
creepy. <laughs> it's another indicator for, I think a lot of people already know the twist to come. Um, yeah, and it's not what you expect because there's been so much death and stabbing and blood since then. So you're just like, okay, I'm just going to finish the job. But she doesn't. She just looks mm-hmm. at her. Right. It's different from all the other carnage. And it's another interesting, like, why did their doppelganger family not immediately kill all of them? Okay, kind of toyed with them a little bit while the, you know, every other doppelganger family has been just, just and at this point, efficiently Lu- taken yeah. out. At this point, Lupita seems like a really caring, wonderful mother. And then in this scene, you can kind of think to yourself, why wouldn't you put this girl out of your life after she's just caused your daughter so much distress? Like, that gave you a different sense of her character there. I mean, I guess if I were in her case, I would probably want the other thing to suffer, too. But that's just me. And that's, you know, there was no. it wasn't suffering, though. Like, there was no suffering there. Like, she just gave her that feeling of letting her go on her own. Like, it wasn't suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I mean, I think that's probably the resolution we get to. I can understand it from the other perspective earlier on. But Mm -hmm. but uh, but yeah. So we're down to two main doppelgangers. We've got. And we haven't said his name. Pluto is the name of the doppelganger son, and he runs around like a little spider monkey. He freaks people out. Like he runs <laughs> on his like hand, hands and he runs on his like all fours and like crawls around. Um, and when day breaks and they reach the reach the beach again, there's dead bodies everywhere. It's pretty much abandoned. The only thing that people see is this giant wall of people in red jumpsuits holding hands. These are the other doppelgangers, presumably. And um, I don't know if... I think on the news they might have called them... The, the, they're referred to as the tethered. These are the these doppelgangers are the, are the tethered, is the, the term they use for them. Um, and the... So they, they drive down there. They hear some fiddling with their car once they're near the boardwalk or the, the beach area. And the freaking little Pluto creature guy just jumps out and he's the cars on in front of them like explodes and he's got his little lighter and this is where the son does something really clever to take out his doppelganger he raises his arms out and walks slowly backwards and as he yeah, does so the doppelganger also holds his arms out and walks slowly backwards and into the, the flames and the doppelganger walks into the flames and is burned alive and that's a good um it's a good way to like wrap that wrap that uh, that thing up. It's like you, the you son is figuring out how it works. Right. Yeah. He obviously knows exactly what's happening right now. So that was going his part to take action. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with Jason because he hasn't seemed like he was the most clever boy. And then the fact that he thought of this plan as all this was happening, I was like, wow, good job. Yeah. Kudos definitely. to you. I think of the family other than Lupita Nyong'o, Jason clearly understands what's going on the most and i think from the beginning when he has his weird one-on-one with his doppelganger and they're lighting the 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 lighter and in the closet and they're you know having their one-on-one time i think i think he understands more than you know the the dad or the sister like what what exactly the relationship to these people are that it's not just like oh these are these weird clones they're trying to kill us we got to get rid of them it's like it's a more deep connection than that um yeah and you can you see that by the end that that's obvious that's what happened he's the one that understands the full extent after we get into what happened and i think before we get to the end here um 
I mean, this is. I think this is a pretty interesting visual movie, and the the music that's used is pretty effective. Uh, Nicole, what did you give the visual and sound for this movie? I gave this movie for visual and sound a five out of five. This. Um, wow, your first five, is it? Yeah, this is my first five for anything. Um, the music was so perfect and freaky and quirky. And just the little quirky moments during the movie, it made it shine. Like, I was feeling, like, tingles on my arms, like, when it was like, like, little stuff like that. It was just really (laughs) freaky. Um, In the beginning, the first time that we see young Lupita in the funhouse, that was my favorite scene. Um, I felt completely lost in that fun house with her, with the mirrors. Uh, there was not a camera in sight, like in all these mirrors. I think that is so impressive. Like, we have the I, modern, modern. I know, so. but I just, I know, but I'm just really impressed. <laughs> like, I just thought it was really cool. It made me feel like, that's why it made me feel like I was in there with her. Like it was just shot so beautifully. This, the beach scenes were beautiful. Um, I, it's five out of five. what do you think, Jess? I think me and Nicole might have the same ratings for the whole movie so far because I also gave it my first five too. Um, wow! So you guys, I thought you guys loving the the look and sound of this movie. Yeah, I think we did have the same ratings. Um, so the sound was my favorite part, and I think I knew it was going to be really good when Lupita first started talking, and just like how we said before, the crackling, ghosty, thirsty voice of her shadow. I was that was oh, really yeah. unique and blown away because you when you hear like. Uh, just any other monster talking. It's just grunty, but this was so specific, and I'm sure they spent so much time and effort trying to make her voice sound the way it does, and it does give like that ghostly goosebump feel to it. So that's why I I gave it a five. And as well, another credit to her her acting there is that she can play this like creepy creature lady at the same time as playing you know a fairly normal mom. I think it's definitely a test. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and I was going to say something else, too. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, I said my tongue. But, um, and the music, too. So you can tell it was orchestrated exactly to the movement of the movie. Um, I love all the instruments and the theme of the music. It all went really well um, with the way that the movie was portrayed. And also the movements. I know I don't know if this is included in this uh, category, but when you see the yeah, I the, would say so. the sound, the um shadows downstairs, and they're all moving in line with uh, everyone normal on Earth. Um, it's just the way that they move is just so out of Frankenstein-y, but not like the modern. I don't know how to explain it, but the movements of all that that was pretty cool too. Yeah, I mean that's what gave me that kind of Stranger Things vibe, if you want to say. Not necessarily in in terms of the the look of it but just that just knowing that there's this underground world where it's so um cold and damp looking and dry and it looks like a school and people get this like creepy feeling out of school and uh they are like monsters but they're humans it's just it's brilliantly done like i totally agree with that and they're Mm -hmm. just mimicking like everyone upstairs but just in the shadow form so it's not real life it's just mechanical yeah i think um 
Wow, both fives. Impressive. Um, I mean, I'm almost there. I'm really close. I'm a four five. I have to be not the quite perfect fives across the board. Um, I think the music is exactly what it needs to be. Um, all of the soundtrack choices are really good. The little horror movie, you know, cliches are worked really well here. Um, and then visually, it's really close. There's some shots, I'd say, in the first half that are it's supposed to be creepier and I don't quite feel it or like maybe it's the way the shadowing is done, but it doesn't quite do it for me, but like that's just, well, I'm thinking like when the family first, <laughs> the, the, the bad family, the doppelganger family first invades the house, the way it's all done is done well enough, but the way I just don't feel um, as tense as I feel like I could be. I feel like I should be like, you know, ready for this family to strike at any moment. And maybe, maybe I, maybe I had too many preconceived notions of, oh, they can't die here, so like nothing's gonna happen to them, or they're not. Was gonna it because it was not raining early. like every other movie where it's just raining and that makes it creepy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if rain would have exactly. It, it, it might have. It's fair. Um, but there, <laughs> every other scary I mean, movie, it's, it's always raining. <laughs> it wasn't just those. Some of the um, some of the just some of the in between scenes, the stuff that's not you know horror reaction is just kind of um like some of the beach stuff where they're just talking like it's fine but as far as visually it's you know it's it gets the job done but there are i, I, I don't want to take away too much still give it a four or five i mean it's not a it's not a knock at all this uh there's some really 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 effective shots especially in the last i'd say 45 minutes of this movie um played with the music incredibly and uh so we're we're at the end now we can finally get into some of the spoiler stuff um it's basically a one-on-one kind of performance from the here on out lupita nyong'o returns to the um the, the, sunny the house under the under yeah the fun house and in the fun house where she was taken as a child in the fun house there's a back door that leads to this underground facility that has like an escalator that runs only downward um, I guess it's like some sort of trap for them, uh, for the people who are held beneath. And this is where we learn some of the background of the tethered. They were a government experiment, uh, to try to control the people above. So they're like clones who have to completely mimic the motions of the people above them. And we get flashbacks to little Lupita when, um, they were in the, um, in the carnival and there's like these people who are pretending to be on a roller coaster in the underground and they're basically standing in a hallway like rolling around like 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 just kind of shaking but not not doing anything and we see basically just exact parallels of what's happening as above below and um th- but it's kept in like it looks like a school like a school like a middle school hallway with these like little classrooms it's um, like it's like an experiment headquarters it is, like, and they have like these cages everywhere. Yeah, but there's something that feels very a cross between like a like a prison and like it feels like a school to me. Like they have desks. Oh yeah, that, I agree. I, I felt that way too. I don't know if it's for re-education purposes to try to like teach them things they wanted, but the point is that the project was abandoned, and when it was, all of these tethered human-ish people were just left under there to just wander and be tethered above, which brings up logistical problems but i will i'll push past that because i really like the journey is that the movie's taking us um and uh so adeline finds uh her son jason who was taken by the doppelganger he's locked in a locker they let him out she lets him out so she can go have her final confrontation with red 
and the two of them, and it's, this is my favorite, it's maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie, it's so good, it's, it's a, it's a, it's playing the theme music that's, um, like an orchestral version of I've Got Five on it, which is from all the trailers, um, spliced with a ballet performance from when she was younger, mm-hmm. and they're having, like, a fight, like, a, a scissor versus, like, crowbar kind of fight, in the like all across the downstairs you know all all across like this this compound this underground uh facility and the way it's shot here i mean this is just it's beautiful it's really 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 well done i'm feeling it so much here what did you guys think about this this comp this final confrontation no i love that scene and i like how um the two i guess tools of weapons is the scissors and then like the ends of her um handcuffs so uh, Lupita in human form can only really defend herself, and her shadow can only really jab at her. Yeah, uh, that's, no. that's a good good way to put it. Yeah, that's very good. And I just I uh, you learn in the beginning when um, she was abducted as a child that her parents are talking to a therapist, and they say the therapist says something like, "Why don't you find a way for her to express how she feels, maybe by dance?" and to bring that back in later in the movie and have this beautiful, intricate scene of her dancing, it truly shows what her mind is. It's the, her through dance. And that's why it's this um, doppelganger of her, her shadow, as she was called at one point, and herself dancing through this like peril in their heads like it was it's so beyond anything i can think of but just when you understand it it's just amazing it's just so it really is it that like it's probably like a seven or eight minute sequence it's not it's it's decently long for the money's worth but it's not like everything from when they meet in the room and she's cutting the little people out to do the hands across america thing like all the other uh all the other doppelgangers are doing above ground right now like Everything from that to, and the resolution is, Adeline kills Red. She kills her doppelganger self. It's the last doppelganger that's alive, and she kills her, and she gets out with, uh, get out. Uh, she gets out with um, <laughs> the rest of her family. But, oh my god, that scene! That's that one seven minute probably scene makes me want to go see it again. Just just to see that, it's really really that good. Um, but the family reunites above ground. They get in the ambulance that they found on the side of the road because the whole town's been destroyed. Um, and they are driving away, and we get, like, we get a flashback. We get a flashback to Adelie the first night. Um, she was co- confronted by Red in the House of Mirrors when she was a little kid. And it's revealed right here, and I, <laughs> I kind of suspected it early on, but... Red is the one who has been living above ground this whole time. The, the doppelganger. Sister-o. The doppelganger. <laughs> so it was a parent trap. <laughs> all these years ago, we see a little flashback okay. of her. It was a parent trap, right? Uh, Dennis. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a few months. Um, you'll know what we mean in a few months if you're a listener. You'll know what we mean. Um, but she, uh, she, yeah, her doppelganger herself. We see a little flashback like knocks her out. uh, handcuffs her to bed leaves her with her hands across america t-shirt puts on the t-shirt we see her wearing in the beginning 
and the doppelganger leaves, and we and all the flashbacks are making sense. Where they, the parents think she has PTSD, and that's why she's not talking. She's not talking because she, you know, wasn't she, she had PTSD. She was not talking because tethered don't speak, and she had to learn how to. And there's you know a reason Lapita Nyong'o's tethered is the only one who can speak or does speak in the movie is because she was once above ground, and. If you didn't see this twist coming, I feel like this would be your favorite movie of all time, and it would blow your mind, and you would cry and explode. Um, if, but I, <laughs> I, I saw it coming about a third in, um, like clearly. Um, I don't know. What did you guys? Did, did you guys see it coming? Uh, not necessarily. I loved the part where I saw in the little clip of them watching the news when I saw the people holding hands. I'm like. When that Hands Across America thing clicked in my head, I was so excited about that. It was yeah, such a you small got detail. that really yeah, early if, on. I'm, if you I'm weren't paying Nicole. attention to the beginning. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, no, you <laughs> nailed that one. In the beginning and watching that little clip of her watching TV in the 80s with the Hands Across America, that's a very small thing that could slip. But that turns out to be what the biggest role of how, why these people acted this way at the end. It was It was great. That is a clever way to have them. This is why that this is what they think they can do to like escape their oppression is oh this hands across America T-shirt this one commercial like all of these tethered people have been trading and it's it was fucking 1986 like of course no one knows that hands across America is you know 30 years later <laughs> but like they've all been like almost worshiping this idea as like the means to their liberation and it's comes to fruition and it's actually pretty creepy how they all just you know and we see it at the end they stand across that's the final scene of the movie is we have like u.s helicopters flying overhead over like this mountain range and there's just red jumpsuits lined up all across america like as if this underground cavern stretched across you know hundreds of thousands of miles yeah now now they're all out and standing and holding hands and clearly uh, they won because everyone was dead so (laughs) <laughs> they did their job. I think, yeah, this made me think, did they kill not just the beach, but, like, fucking most of America? Like, I mean, there's helicopters flying overhead indicating that some people survived, but, like, did they kill, like, a, more than just Santa Cruz? Like, did they take out everybody? But, yeah, because um, even in the news, you saw the guy was filming at it on his phone, and then he just died when one of his shadows just came and stabbed him. Yeah, I guess, I mean... I guess that's what happened. <laughs> it's just—it's kind of a it's crazy. Purge. Um, I'm telling you, this is the purge. You can <laughs> only assume that everybody was killed as soon as their, as soon as their doppelganger came out. That's, which, what that's the assumption you can make, I guess. It's a really big ending, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it right now. I don't, I don't quite like that. <laughs> it's it's what keeps this from being an excellent movie to me is that I don't. <sighs> It's f- fine. Like, the one tethered who escaped is this one girl, the chosen one. I'm okay with that because movies have to have a chosen one. I'm not going to knock it for that because movies, you know, that's that's how it is. And that they all had to wrap this manifesto around escaping and holding hands across America because that's what the shirt said. Okay, stretch, but I'll, I'll even go with that. The fact that they all escaped and all killed them all, like, pretty much, you know, we can assume to a big percentage. And then they just did it they just held hands and like across mountain ranges and across like all this terrain like i think that it seems go ahead like when the bad guy wins yeah he had to make the decision i like when the bad guy wins i like when the bad guy wins and it makes sense i guess this is a a, it's a leap too far for me there's a lot of 
plot hole kind of things. I mean, the that whole go fucking on, thing but... is a leap, Brennan. Like it's the whole movie. <laughs> so I think yeah. he had to make a decision of how this movie was going to end, and the most effective way was to show the hands across America. It's how he started the movie. That's how he was ending the movie. I I, I see no problem with that. I would have been fine if here's how I would have preferred it. If this was an isolated incident in Santa Cruz, they came and arrested all of them and they, none of them fought and they just kind of went along with it. Like, you know, the zombie kind of people they were because their leader had been killed or whatever. And then we get the Lupita Nyong'o reveal that she's really the leader and that maybe there's, and then we get cuts to the other tethered and like, maybe there's some bigger plan that she has had all along. I would have preferred something like that where it's like a more open-ended, oh, this was just phase one. But the fact that they just all escaped, killed everybody. Now they're just standing across America holding hands. And like, that's the, that was their goal all along. I understand the symbolism of it, but it just, uh, it lands, it lands a little weak when yeah. the movie was so strong. That didn't bother me too much. I didn't really think of I it like that, that way. I like the symbolism. All right. Yeah. You know, that's a complaint of mine, but clearly, you know, it's not, not, not the majority of the show. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I really didn't think of it as anything that was a downturn of it. I was like, Oh, bad guy wins. Cool. <laughs> I usually like bad guy winning, um, typically, or at least um, at least anti-hero winning, or something that is subversive. And I'll say that that, that this ending is definitely subversive. It's just a, uh, you know, doesn't feel fully earned for me. But um, it clearly, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a problem for you guys, and that's that's you know, that's probably a lot of other people as well. So overall feel and resonance, um, Jess, what do you give as an overall feel and resonance for us? I gave it a four. Um, I was truly engaged the whole time. Um, I liked it a lot. And again, I think it's because of the characters. Um, I like how the character shadows are basically themselves. So if you want to outwit your shadow, you have to really think like, what would you do? Or how would you act to it? And I think it's what Jason did. Um, so I like how there is like a conflict, yet it's still kind of similar between the two. And I think that hit hard. Um, and again, like I said earlier, the characters, you don't hate them. You actually admire what they would do, despite any other scary movie that you'd watch. What did you think? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good way to put it. What did you think, uh, Nicole? Um, I gave this a four as well for this uh, category. Yeah. <laughs> um, Identical totally, views, you guys. Yeah. Great minds. Um, <laughs> yeah. I totally felt the anxiety throughout this movie. Um, I have like a personal complaint, of course, um, about the movie theater I was in. I thought that <laughs> the I thought that the audience totally. This girl distracted. sitting next to me just kept talking the whole movie. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were talking about the popcorn. <laughs> oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> our theater didn't have popcorn, so that was already a strike one. But um, the people in the audience at this movie really brought it down for me at some points because I was feeling intense as fuck, okay? And then people are laughing. And if this movie was supposed to be more humorous than what I'm seeing, then I apologize because I'm not getting it. But people were laughing at the most immature parts and it distracted me so bad. It was uncomfortable but laughter, you know. On that note, I, I, I can totally see past that and see what this movie actually meant and the um the message i got from it brought it right back up to a four i thought it was really good nice yeah no i um i actually give this a four five it's a little bit higher i um i think this is better than the sum of its parts i think this is a movie that 
because of the script and the characters and the way they're written tied with the plot they're in. Um, I mean, I've had my minor complaints about it, but overall it's a really strong movie and I think it's better than any one individual part by itself. I think the strengths yeah. of this movie, the really strong parts outweigh any of the weak parts. And I think it's stronger together as there's some movies where you're like, Oh, I love those two scenes, but the rest of the movie sucks. Or it's a movie where you're like, yeah, it's a good movie, but nothing really stood out. This is about ba- a good balance of that where there's some really strong parts, but nothing's overly weak to the point where you're bored. Everything it, sure. it, it carries through the whole time. And the strong moments are extremely strong. So a four or five is what I give this. Um, and, that brings us pretty much to the end. Before we give our final recommendations, there's one theory out there floating that we have not addressed across. Uh, I mean, there's several theories. There's millions. Oh, I've been the... keeping my oh, theories. There's a ton of theories. <laughs> all right, so... theories till the end. So let's see. all right. So we're at the end. Uh, Nicole, what are some of your theories that you've either heard or would like to discuss? Okay. Um, this whole um, underground fortress that all these people are in that are mimicking the um, live people above, uh, maybe to me, this is like a hell underground type of thing. My favorite, another favorite scene of mine is when she's standing and looking at this escalator. It's huge, uh, mimicking the gates, uh, the, 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 the gates to heaven type of thing. It's only coming downward. She can't escape up to real life or can't escape up to heaven. Oh, she's down, true. stuck in this underground oh, hell. Point hell of people that can't stop living somebody else's life. They have no mind of their own. They're the people, like you said, the people that were mimicking the roller coaster, they're going around in circles their whole life. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's a hellish, hellish existence. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also liked the, when they're down in that uh, bunker, it looks like um, there's these rabbits all over the place and it's really creepy. And to me, it just sing signifies the clone how you know rabbits reproduce so rapidly and people reproduce so rapidly and they're souls. The, rabbits are the, souls. maybe the rabbits are the souls of the people that were down there <laughs> oh, that'd, be, that'd be advanced <laughs> but well i don't put it past jordan peele to do this because this movie was pretty intense but yeah i totally see that scene as a hell scene you guys gotta see get out because i mean i'll get we to do. my recommendation at the end but if you like this, you're going to like Get Out. It's a similar, it's not the same story, but it's done similarly and told, I think, almost as well, if not better. Um, but Jess, what, did you have any weird theories or um, crazy theories or completely founded theories about the, the end of this movie or anything else? No, I did. Um, it's more of not like a theory, but a theme. I definitely noticed a theme of color in the movie. Um, so I when Lupita's shadow was talking, I wish I can read this transcript so i'm not distracted by your spookiness but she explained the white rabbits and when you see the rabbits downstairs all of them are white and then there was one black one i don't know if you guys noticed that but in the cages there's one black rabbit and a few brown rabbits and the rest were white Mm -hmm. so i haven't really thought out truly what that meant but it's something significant and the displacement of colored people in america just (laughs) oh my gosh i have no idea that could be it all right (laughs) And then there's also the theme of the red coats um, that I think it ties back to when Lupita was a little girl. And I distinctly remember her carrying that huge red lollipop. And she was. The candy apple, yes. Oh, the candy apple. And she was. But it was very red. And she was walking towards the mirror house. And I feel like that was her being introduced to the red coat um, 
family down there. The shadows. The the tethered. <laughs> the tethered, whatever yeah, their totally. names are. So I feel like no, that's yeah, a really good observation. The theme I saw was colors. So I guess they, yeah, I mean, I think those are both uh, those are good like motifs that go throughout. Um, and then following on the on the jumpsuit thing, it feels like to me this is some sort of. I I got I got out of it, and it's not a theme I particularly love, but it's an okay one. Um, the commentary of like the haves and the have-nots, um, or like the like a prison system. See, these people are all literally imprisoned. They're told what to do every day, and they have no control over their lives. They all wear jumpsuits, kind of like a prisoner would. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really have a lot of culture or education. They're you know just grunting beings that go about doing what they do for nothing and no one they just kind of exist um and they are all at the behest of the haves who get to live their life fully and this is um and this will lead into a theory that i didn't think of but i read and it's the most prominent one um some people are saying that the kid the young kid um at some point whether it was the summer prior or when they were younger switched places with his doppelganger and that he is also a doppelganger uh, by the end of the film. Given people point to the smile that uh, Lupita Nyong'o gives to him, and he gives kind of a smirk and then puts his mask on. Um, There's other points in the movie where they say things like, oh, like he couldn't remember his magic trick from the summer prior. Maybe they switched. Or um, he's the only one who knew how to defeat his doppelganger without crazy violence. He used his tethered power to walk backwards and burn the other one. Just a lot of little things like that that pointed out. And I think we said in the beginning, um, of the four, other than the Peter Nuango's character, he was probably the most connected to his tethered. Um, which, I th- you know, what did you guys? What do you guys think about that theory? I didn't think about that, but it makes sense. Yeah, to- definitely. I'm curious as to why the... Um, doppelganger's face was burned. I I have a theory about that. You want to hear my theory? And I, yeah. I didn't read this anyway. Is this is what I thought with of. With the towards fire the end of the movie. at the very end. No. Um. So the whole movie. So I, as this theory that I just said, I don't really quite believe it. I don't think he. Um. I don't think he switched at any point. I think the mask thing at the end was more of I'll keep quiet because I don't want to deal with all this shit. I think it was a little <laughs> simpler than that. I honestly do. Uh, I don't think it was some nefarious like uh uh-huh, step one complete. Like I think it was more <laughs> like a. I think it was more like a. Uh, He's fucking shit. dumbfounded of what just happened. He's I the mean, only one like, who understands. The sister is yeah, listening he to her it. fucking music, and the and the dad is singing another rap song on the radio that no one's listened <laughs> to for thirty years. So like they're completely they're completely oblivious. He's the only one who understands. Um, but I think, you know how he's playing with his lighter all the time. He did his magic trip before. I think every time he's lighting his lighter, like, really close to his face, but it's not going. In the uh, in the, uh, in the um, <laughs> tethered world, it is lighting, and he's just constantly burning the oh face of his tether. Oh, my gosh. That is a I really think, good idea. I think yeah. that's what's happening. Because he the whole movie, and, like, last summer, too, he's, like, he's doing the trick, and he's holding it right up to his face, and it's not lighting. And he keeps doing it, and he's, like, holding it and holding it. I think he's constantly burning the face of his tethered underground, and that's why his face is all fucked up. Oh, I, I think like you're kinda... right drags into my theory of the hellish portion of this you know this kid can't get away from this flame if this if you know this theory plays really well into this he can't get away from this flame burning him constantly but he has no control over it all these people are controlled by what's happening and 
another thing that kind of drives me to have this theory about hell is we see the um one the doppelganger for the dad's name is abraham which is a, a biblical, biblical name Mm-hmm. And the homeless dude with the sign. What does his sign say? It's eleven eleven, but I don't remember what the it says. But the is number it is eleven eleven. Maybe no, uh, maybe it's Jeremiah, something along those lines. I'm sure it has but a significance, it's, but that's it's got, a, all got a biblical that's a gap in our, uh, in our knowledge here. I don't, I don't quite yeah, remember but, what that. I remember it was eleven eleven, and I know it had a name like you know, like you know, whatever Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Yeah, it's something, it's something like that. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I can't remember the name right now, but I don't think that particularly matters in what we are are saying but um yeah it's definitely got that biblical theme throughout for me just lurking yeah and i think so we've covered a lot of the theories we've gone through the movie pretty heavily and um i mean we could probably go on for a real long time this is a very discussion provoking movie um but let's just give our overall recommendations uh nicole would you recommend us uh definitely i definitely would uh, regardless of if you've seen his first um performance or not or excuse me his first uh movie that he's produced um i think this was directed thank you um really standalone uh really a cool movie it's modern it's edgy it's a different type of horror um and it really puts into perspective how you feel about yourself like my like i felt like just watching someone else's soul like being destroyed in this scene like it was really intense it really was a good movie i totally recommend it yeah and what did you think jess yeah i think the same i would recommend it too i like how you are always on your toes and i love movies how you can always think of theories or themes going around so like you said we could probably end up talking about it for hours and just go with a group of friends and say what you think about it and you're probably right you can't be wrong um so it, it has a lot of open-ended discussion, and it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I'm definitely on board with you guys here. It's a recommend for me, too. A strong recommend. Maybe our strongest recommend since we've started the show for me. I think so. Um, uh, it's... And I, I and I'm the only other one who's seen Get Out here. I've been a, well, I've been a Jordan Peele fan since I was you know a fucking middle school kid. Like I I watched all his stupid comedy shit on Mad TV. I've I've I always thought he was more talented than Keegan Michael Key. Um, but like, I, and I'm really glad he's doing well. And I think he's he's got so many more movies in him. I can't wait to see the new Twilight Zones. Um, I've seen and I, I'm the only one who's seen Get Out out of the three of us. Um, I think get out is a tighter, better structured, um, movie as far as everything makes more sense and is tighter and, and, and the plot's really, really strong and the execution's really well done. Having said all that, I had more fun with this movie. I liked this movie more. The other one I could admit, I think is a better technical movie, but this one is more fun for me. I really, really liked this movie a lot. Um, and I cannot wait for everything he has to to make. I, I can't wait to review more of his movies because he he's he, I mean, and all of his movies make money. They're made cheap. They make massive at the box office for what they cost. So he's going to keep making them, and I'm really excited about that. For the first one, he had to put his, the stamp on what his style was, so he had to make it a little more refined for people to get into, but people know him for his directing now, um, so he could have a little fun with this one. I think he really did that. Yeah, I think he'll probably get a bigger budget in the future. I mean, this one was $20 million, nothing to laugh at, but like, 
if I would love to see what he could do with a big, a big horror movie. And, uh, I think he would make it really original and interesting and fun. And, um, you know, I'll see everything he does until he fucks up a lot. Um, but for now, he's, <laughs> Which for now, you'll, still, you'll still see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, probably, I'll give him plenty of chances. I've, I've liked him for, you know, over half my life now. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I'm just really glad he's doing well and that this, he's making really effective, good, strong movies that yeah, they're, they're horror, one. but they're funny too. They're not overly have re- everything right with it. Yeah. They're not over yeah. relying on the pop-up scares. Like they have legitimate, like creepy horror th- things in there. Like it's just a really well-made movie. So if you haven't seen it and you, for some reason, listen to this entirely spoiling, uh, review of it first um thank you for listening but uh also go see us because it's really good um jess do you have anything else to add uh before we wrap up um maybe go with a friend if you are very scared of movies i want to see this by yourself <laughs> <laughs> what do you think nicole um yeah i have to agree with that it was a little spooky but um at the same time this if you go by yourself you've got plenty of time to reflect on your own life afterwards so it's good either way <laughs> uh so uh, that, that was our review of us coming down the pike we have uh, a few more reviews coming up i think next week uh first week of april we're gonna do some streaming reviews uh people really like the triple frontier reviews so we're gonna do some more streaming reviews that are uh, available to people who have uh netflix amazon prime um I think we need suggestions too. Yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, suggestions. please let us know. Comment on our Facebook page, uh, Films with the Women in My Life. Uh, We have a Twitter at Films Women Pod. Um, Our website's always available, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. If you know any of us personally, reach out. And Instagram. Uh, We don't have an Instagram officially, but um, you can reach out to any one of us. I'm Brennan Snyder. Jessica Monroe Khan uh, and uh, Nicole. De- well, Nicole doesn't have a uh, Instagram, does she? <laughs> no. no, she's not on their social media game. Um, but uh, you re- <laughs> reach out to Jess or I. We're both on uh, all the social medias. Um, if there's something you want to see uh, coming down the pike, I think in two weeks we'll have Pet Cemetery as far as theatrical releases. Um, but other than that, I think we're going to try to do some more streaming stuff, and we'll let you guys know in the coming weeks on social media. So uh, check us out there. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? No, thanks for having us. Thank you, Nicole. Jess? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and until next time, everyone, this is Brennan saying enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.